Hey, Dan. Uh, is that um, you there? Is that you? Yes. I mean, how do, how do I know that it's you? Actually, you. Well, if you want to dive into that, like how to actually know, that's a whole other podcast episode. But you should know, I'm right here, George. You can see I'm me. Saying you could be, yeah, I could, I can see you. But I've seen some really impressive deep fakes lately, and mm. I mean, what you could be hooked up to ChatGTP and just really giving me some very honest, you know, natural language processing responses. So here, we'll just we'll test it. Yes. Tell me something that ChatGTP would not know about me, about you. Us. Could be us. Uh, interesting. What stuff is not on the interwebs? <laughs> you really put me on the spot here. What would they not know? Yeah. Come on, Dan. We've been friends for like 20 years. It's got to be something I haven't put on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got something. It would probably, okay. I would think, not know... Hmm. that you were in a college choir. It'd be a stretch. That was pre, I was pre probably social media. I mean, I believe, you know, probably I, I, almost I all newspaper back then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's actually get into the episode, I guess. Okay. I, you know, we had a little fun with that that intro there. But have you played much with the artificial intelligence? The artificial uh, intelligence, yes. The singularity, not in general. The one, yes. What, what yeah. was the? What was her name? Was it Vicky? An iRobot. She was the computer. Oh, yeah, I think so. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I think it was. I didn't, yeah, okay. yeah. She it was the AI. Anywho, um, I yeah. played around with it a little bit. So I was actually on Autoblogger, and on Autoblogger auto, you can go in. What is Autoblogger? Yeah, let me see. I should have that pop. pop is this up like it'll write a already... blog for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you go to Autoblogger. Yeah, Autoblogger. So. Um, and it asks you three things. So it has two different modes, regular mode, insane mode. I'm not really for sure what insane mode is. But um, hmm. so I just typed in, I wanted to get like, okay, how, you know, good or the quality of a blog. And so uh, you could say uh, travel to uh, Italy. That's the name of your blog. So I'm typing it in yeah. right now and ask you three things. So the, the title the perspective. And so ask for like, what kind of perspective do you want a third party perspective, the child's perspective, mm. the young adult, so forth. Mm. And then, um, then you can go into I want a perspective of an, of an Italian grandmother. <laughs> I wonder, uh, can you custom? You can't custom. Sorry. But, uh, oh, okay. let's see. It has, right. Tim, it has Tim Ferriss. It has Simon Sinek. It has <laughs> of course. Tony Robbins. Of course it does. Um, and then you can do yeah. tone. So neutral, inspirational, suspenseful, that sort of thing. Mm. And then uh, from there, hit enter. And then it spits out a blog that you can then copy and paste. And then you can kind of edit. It's really interesting. 
So I haven't published anything, but it was really interesting to see like, what kind of like permutations can I put in here and what kind of like outputs do I get? So I played with that one, trying to think, Uh, obviously chat GPT. Play with that one. Yeah, I mean, sure. that one's all the rage. So, Sorry not to. Um, yeah. so a little bit, yeah, yeah. I, <clears throat> it's interesting. We, I was looking back. We put out a video on YouTube. Uh, I don't know, sometime in the fall last year, maybe that was uh, reviewing mm-hmm. Dolly. Actually, it was Dolly two mm-hmm. specifically. Um, and so Dolly, for those that don't know, is an image generation tool. You give it a similar mm-hmm. similar thing like the blog post, right? It's like give it a description. Yeah. Uh, we made this video that was about saying, could we recreate images that we took just around the office? So I think one of them was just like some chairs that were in the corner. Uh, one of them was the back of Neil's head uh, as he's working at his <laughs> desk. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it did really well, especially the one of Neil. It was like, you know, the developer at a desk facing towards the desk uh, with an orange jacket with long hair. And I mean, it it looked like Neil. Yeah, It wasn't it was exactly close. the same photo, but it was pretty pretty impressive. So I think that was the first like, whoa moment, right? Because mm-hmm. we've had, we've had uh, chatbots for a long time. So, but chatbots, mm-hmm. you had to give chatbots a lot of instruction as the person that's setting oh, yeah. up a chatbot. Well, because it's more and, if uh, this, then this. It's like a triage. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you could program it to listen for certain words. So like, um, you know, if you're doing a support chatbot, it's like, oh, well, if someone mentions, you know, um, billing, then you can mm-hmm. redirect them to billing, right? If, if someone mm-hmm. mentions tech support, you can redirect them to tech support, but it's, it's kind of listening for certain things. So it was very, if you got off the beaten path much, the, the happy path, it was pretty lame, you know? Right. Uh, and they even did back then. I mean, gosh, this is 10, 15 years ago. I remember people had little animated avatars that looked like their mouths were moving and, right. um, and so people were trying to create a kind of automatronic type experience, mm-hmm. but the last six months, especially since open, I uh, open, a, oh, what am I, open AI, open, open AI. AI yeah. started releasing their stuff. It's mm-hmm. gotten weird real fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, they're going, let's see, I read today. So in, um, really cool thing that they're doing right now um open ai which i think i mean we can we'll, we, we might get into this from a future thing but like they're opening yeah. up their uh their platform so you can build on top of it so instacart yes. instacart just announced yes. so it's no longer yeah. just um search for deli meat or bread or whatever you can you can obviously but you can say what should i have for lunch this week so good and then it can like and then i've been I, wanting this I, I forever yeah, here's all the meals, and then anything you would want within that meal is now on your list. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah, so we'll get into kind of like the the full-on business applications, but I'm kind of mm-hmm. excited. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been crazy to see when ChatGPT came out, I had to go back and look. It was like, when did, its, when did the beta roll out? Mm-hmm. And I found a timeline that... Um, oh, side note, this episode, just for context, we're not AI experts. We don't know <laughs> the, the ins and outs of the ethics of where it's pulling its data. We don't necessarily know. We, we know there are some issues with accuracy, with, mm-hmm. um, efficacy of like where it's getting its information, uh, biases that come through that. 
we're not going to we're not going to unpack too much of that in this episode. This is more just to be like, whoa, look at what's happening in front of us right now. Um, so, right. Um, yeah. So I just want a disclaimer real quick. Um, yeah. Generally speaking, the the chat GTP is the thing that's kind of taken over the world, and that's partly because it experienced the fastest growth of any of any consumer based technology platform, I think, in history. Mm-hmm. So it released November 30th, 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they did some upgrades to it at the end of the year, um, around the 15th of Jan- January, or excuse me, 15th of December. Um, then it, it went from, from that, it had 13 million individual active users per day as of January, 2023. And then, so that's January, January, 2023 by the, I think by the end of January, they were already at a hundred million users, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, it, it nuts. that's insane it's, growth, insane mm-hmm. growth, growth. Um, I remember using it during that time and the amount of times it would pop up and be like, we're experiencing a lot of traffic. Sorry about this. And I think, I don't know what right. the, the spin got up to, but it was, I had heard it was as much as like four to $5 million a day in server yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to keep it running. Yeah. Yeah, and they didn't have a business model. They didn't have a revenue model. I still don't understand. No, that. I mean they were just was, going for volume it's, growth. Yeah, it's a great example of here's a new technology. It's incredibly innovative. We're just going to put it out there. Don't need to have a business model at this yeah. point. Just put it out there. No. See what happens. No. Look at the growth, and you can see. No. Yeah. Well, they did get some money though because oh, um, yeah. uh, shortly after that, yeah, shortly thereafter that, Microsoft invested ten billion dollars in OpenAI, mm-hmm. giving Bing quite quickly. I was super surprised how fast they rolled this out, which makes me wonder if they weren't doing some some stuff in the background beforehand. But Bing, um, Bing bought them for for or not bought them. I keep saying it that way. That I don't think they actually acquired them. I think they just invested in them. The ten billion, correct, gaining forty six percent ownership. So that was right. They only they don't have the full ownership. Um, and what else? Uh, the valuation of the parent company then reached twenty nine billion dollars at that point, mm-hmm. which again. People are saying this is the next, uh, you know, automobile from the horse and buggy. You know, this is the next right. um, internet of you know whatever, uh, and they're kind of saying that it might take over thing everything. Um, um, let's see. The one thing that it does have a limitation on, at least to now, has been that it's only being trained on data that's available up to twenty twenty one. So. Right. One thing that's really interesting and that Microsoft introducing this in, into being was that they they started sourcing it against their search engine, which has crawlers that are searching the internet, and um, and then they started feeding it that information. So then you start getting this more mm-hmm. real time feedback. Then it becomes mm-hmm. kind of kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just a wild. I mean, it yeah. feels like it's, it's like two thousand nine again, right? Like the Web two point days or the the dot-com days back in 2001 you know yeah and the the i don't know if it's be a difference but maybe just um an amazing thing is like how much a blue chip company like microsoft is putting into this Mm, you know um the fact that 
it's it's fairly brand new. I mean, obviously, I think they started OpenAI started back in 2015 or 16. But the fact that they now yeah. have this and they have that much investment from Microsoft, um, right? I mean, Microsoft is on whether it's Bing or um, yeah, Microsoft Azure supports a lot of the computational power behind it. Um, yeah, that is that is pretty impressive, and it's very similar also like last year, you know with web three and, and blockchain yeah. and everything, it's brand new. But as we were talking a little right. bit um, earlier, it's like, this feels a little bit different, you know? Well, yeah. And, and I think that, let's call that out a little bit because I think what's interesting is web three, man. I felt like, I felt like I tried really hard to mm-hmm. understand web three. I mean, mm-hmm. I set up wallets, I bought some crypto, I minted an NFT, and the barriers to entry to get, I mean, once you were yeah. in, you felt like you had to believe in it because you did so much work to get into it that you you almost felt like, well, this better work. This better be the future because I just wasted, you know, a good chunk of my life and my retirement, by the way, um, <laughs> you know, investing into this. Says a lot not, of people. <laughs> I did not pull up. I says a lot. Of, there was a few. Um but this feels different. This feels a lot more accessible. Um, and it feels a lot more, gosh, human. I mean, like, that's kind of scary, but yeah. it does feel well, more like we're trying to humanize technology. Well, and it seems like the application too, from a user standpoint. So if I'm just thinking from my own, it's, it's a fairly easy leap. You know, you don't have to do a whole bunch of research about, you know, you don't have to open up a wallet and then connect it here. You don't have to have all these keys. If you want to trade on different platforms, you don't have to have multiple wallets. NFT, okay, non-fungible token. That's, you know, the the stretch of the imagination to go to that versus, oh, I'm used to Google or I'm used to Bing. Now I'm going to go to this other interface. I'm going to type in something much more specific. Um, and rather than have to read all these different, you know, records, um, it gives me something more and then I can talk to it and it's like, Oh, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. And then it gives you more information. So that to me is a fairly easy step. You know, I'm like, I'm searching still. It's just a different way. Yeah. 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 And, and what the diff, what the difference is as far as how to engage with it is the, the really good, we're talking specifically about the, the, the large language, what is it called? The natural language modeling, like natural language, the, yeah. the chat. Yeah. The, the chat GTPs of the world. That's a good example of like the people that are becoming power users of that are getting better at knowing how to prompt it. So there are websites. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew this, there, there are websites totally dedicated to you being able to buy prompts. Mm. So you can purchase a prompt now, not as much for chat mm. GTP, but for mid for mid journey, is a great example. So Midjourney, I'm going to go off on a tangent a little bit. Like Dolly 2 was an image generator, but I will say it had some limitations. It felt like it felt like you kind of hit a, a, a ceiling of what it could do, like what its capabilities could right. do. Midjourney, on the other hand, is crazy, man. The, the, the images and things that it's creating are really impressive, uh, very detailed. Mm. Um, and and I honestly don't understand how it's, I can understand the language piece, but when you start seeing something creating paintings or, or images or, or styles of things that are very nuanced, that, 
that gets crazy. So, so the way it works is that you actually have to get into a, This is how nerdy this one is a little bit more varied entry, like the web three, you have to mm-hmm. join up for a, a discord channel or a d- discord server. You go into one of the channels, you put in a prompt of slash imagine, and then you give it a description, but the more descriptive your description is. So I want to see a, you know, a unicorn riding on a rocket headed towards Saturn, uh, in the style of Andy Warhol, um, you know, or whatever it, the more specific you give the prompt, not only in style, but like, oh, and I want the focal length of the the image to be like a similar to like a 50 millimeter camera at an F2 stop. Like you can give it all these descriptions of, of how you'd like the style of the photo to be. And then it produces some variations, gives you four variations. Then you can choose to either make more variations of those, of a few of them, or you can upscale it and it renders it out at like a higher quality. Hmm. The, the crazy part about that is, is there's been secondary markets that have spun up of people creating prompts that are very, very detailed because they know how to manipulate the bot or the manipulate the AI to create an image that is a very specific style. And you can buy those prompts and then you can kind of tweak them to be what you want. So you might want something that is, you know, anime styled for, you know, this particular thing and you can you can go buy that and then you can go, oh, I want it to be of a poodle or something. And you just change out the words. Mm. So it's just interesting to see all these secondary markets that are like immediately being created on top of this, yeah. which again, feels like the web 2.0 days when it was like, oh, well, cool. Airbnb just built a thing, but there's a whole secondary market for people that are doing, you know, right. house cleaning next to Airbnb or whatever. It's, it's, yep. it's happening so fast. Yeah. It'll be interesting if any of those get to the point Interesting and maybe a little scary is if you aren't don't have to be specific anymore. All you say is you are in an art contest and you need to have a painting. You need to create a painting in that will win X that win go. And then that is then that gets a little scary. Like, okay, this this AI actually did create almost all on its own. Um, yeah. yeah, within a competitive environment, so, not just this there, style. There have been parameters. competitions for this. Yeah, yeah. There have been. Um, I think somebody actually submitted an AI piece of art to. Uh, this is a few months back, but they did this. They, there was some controversy over this because somebody did submit an mm-hmm. AI piece of art. They're like, "Well, it is yeah. technically my original generated piece because I told it. It was through my what descriptive abilities that I could tell it what I want." Right. Um, no, right. I, I'm okay with that. If you want to do a competition that's about that. Right. But, but I think that what you're going to see on the ethics side, we said we wouldn't get into this too much, but you're going to see, um, there's going to have to be tools that check to see if something is or is an AI. Mm-hmm. Um, so chat GDP yep. has put a watermark on their content so that they know what came from chat GDP, partly because they want to make sure that the, the language model doesn't end up learning on top of itself so that Mm -hmm. it's not it's not learning facts based off of something it created which then you know i think becomes even it's like i don't know inbreeding it created its own echo (laughs) echo chamber its own echo chamber yeah yeah um but i think that you'll have to see things being able to check for that i mean education is is scared about it um 
because you're you're worried about students taking advantage of it. Art is is worried about it. Legal. I've seen several videos online mm. about attorneys going, write me a master services agreement for X, Y, and Z. And then it's like, and it needs to include these parameters. And they'll watch mm -hmm. as it's typing out and they're like, oh my gosh, it's so right. Like, yeah. like I get paid thousands of dollars to do this and it just did it in 10 seconds. Um, right. Now you might need somebody to check it, you know, to verify it, but it's a lot faster to verify something than it is to write it. I mean, that just goes to show it's like, you know, when you have computers start to take over for someone who originally probably had to type it up, but now you don't have to right. have someone type it up. You, really the, the, the value of the, ser of the service provided is checking kind of more of the high level strategic thinking, making sure all, you know, all this makes sense. All the I's are dotted, T's are crossed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as far as like the actual creation, the labor of creating, typing, whatever that document is. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see what happens down the road. I mean, it's similar to a seamstress being like, well, crap, I don't have a job because, uh, you know, there's now manufacturing that, that, that makes my clothes. You know, I think yeah. we, we saw this in the industrial revolution. We saw it as the internet replaced people that you'd, or even the computer replaced people that it typed like the typewriters. Yep. And, and so, um, I, I do think jobs will be replaced. Mm -hmm. It's just going to happen. I mean, like just like any yeah. other advancement in technology, I mean, the, Uber replaced the taxi at taxi, you know? Yeah. Um, but I do think that I think with the reason I want to get closer to it, both for crema and just for understanding the capabilities is I think that it's going to be a really powerful tool. So, I mean, you, mm -hmm. you mentioned it being integrated into Instacart, Instacart that you mentioned. Is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 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 Um, I I'm, so we're, we're looking at our notes right now for kind of following along about this podcast episode. Um, I could highlight this whole document in Notion and tell, do you have AI unlocked for you in Notion yet? Mm -mm. I don't think so. Notion's just a note-taking tool and kind of a knowledge-based tool that we use here at Crema. Um, but you can see right there, it says press space for AI or slash command. So if I do the slash command, it actually has it as a listed item. So ask AI to write something, continue writing what mm. you've already started, uh, summarize what was, what was written. So if I, if I just do a select all, or like, I guess if I just do summarize, it will come back and it'll say, let's see, AI is writing. Has a little dot, 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 dot. It's thinking about it. This document outlines a podcast episode discussing the potentials for AIs for businesses. The host talks about ChatGTP, the top industries that could benefit from AI and whether AI will replace jobs. So it just did that by reading the document. Um, yep. if I wanted to, to write for us, just like chat GTP, and I'm going to guess they're using chat GTP as the source for this. Um, but yeah. if you push space, the, um, tell my friend a story about him being bald, <laughs> bald, bald. <laughs> I mean, you got a hat on right now, but in theory, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious what, it, I won't read the whole thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I cannot follow the instructions. It is inappropriate. Okay. So this is interesting. Actually, this is a perfect example maybe of kind of seeing what AI. Yeah. Baldness is unkind. And I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to make fun of you. I think you have a beautiful shaped head and I've said it many times and I'm, <laughs> I, I will continue to say it. If I was bald, it would be a scary, scary thing. I'd wear hats even more, but you have a, you have a perfectly shaped head. I just want to compliment you because I wasn't trying to make fun of your baldness. 
Thank you. But thank you. You can see um, how it's getting built into these apps. So Notion was something we were using far before I had AI. Um, it's not released to everybody. Yep. I was on a wait list to get into it. Another area that uh, our designers are paying attention to is a couple different tools that are um, basically kind of like Dolly or or Midjourney. But you can say, design me the onboarding flow for a app that is for engineers at you know, X, Y, and Z. And it will spit out these editable Figma files yeah. that are really, really well-designed UI. Mm -hmm. That one made yeah. me a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It was like, oh boy. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what we do. <laughs> or create, um, create a little app that does this. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can go one step further. You go back into ChatGTP, and this is something that the, the development community got really excited about: is that you can do um, <clears throat> You can ask it to write an app. So at that point, you can say, "Write an app that does this thing," and then it will it will write at least the base functions for it. I I've I've tried it. It's not as turnkey, like no, not like not like anybody could do it, right? Not at this point, right? If you spend enough time, you might be able to. But you have to know enough to go, well, it got something wrong or it's not doing it right. And I know how to fix that or I know how to install mm -hmm. this or I know how to change that. So it's not perfect yet, but it is impressive to sit there and watch code write code. Oh, um, yeah. So that's that's wild to me. Yeah. Um, what are... Um, we, we, have, we have it here. Actually, I'm going to stop sharing, but we have it in our notes. But I'm curious... Um, when you when you heard about this AI, when you heard about this chat chatbot, what are the industries that you thought, oh crap, that could that could impact them? I know what some of them that are wanting to use mm -hmm. it, but what are some mm -hmm. of the industries that you think are going? We mentioned legal. We've I'm trying to think of others that would be at risk for something that you know copywriting at against, risk marketing. Yeah. Uh, oh, what. Are, just uh, original works of art. Yeah. yeah. Copywriting, um, tracking, which comes into like levels of um, not necessarily government regulation, though that would be, but like every industry probably has some level of standards. You know, there's quality oh, yeah. standards, yeah. original standards, um, making essentially making sure that whoever is the provider within that industry is not cheating. And so there's going to be some mm -hmm. level yeah. of just companies in general having to restructure, not necessarily security, but I think just quality and just original, you know, uh, yeah, I guess it could come back to trademark, copyright, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Transportation and logistics would be interesting. I mean, you see a lot of that already. I mean, smart manufacturing. I mean, you walk into any sort of um, uh, automotive plants, especially, you know, um, you know, not in the United States, uh, in the United States, but even like overseas, you won't see really yeah. many humans there. Um, it'll right. all be Robotic. robots. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely seeing computer vision is looking for quality control, looking for defects. Um, yep. yeah, yep. I mean, that's, that's happening fast. Uh, you mentioned education. I think that's a big one. You know, our students, uh, regardless of age, you know, kindergarten all the way up through, you know, adult education, but you know, are, is what they are producing to me, if I'm the professor, is that their own thinking? 
you know, is that their yeah. own thinking yeah. or is it just, uh, so that's a big one. Um, let's see. Instacart, uh, we mentioned earlier would be retail e-commerce, um, that sort of thing. That'd be interesting. Like you, all of a sudden you start shopping. Yeah. We like, if you go to Amazon, it's just like, pick me out a few books. <laughs> I'm going here on vacation. Pick me out a few books and send them to me. Yeah. I mean, that sort of thing. I mean, you already know my um, preferences, you know, I mean, like, exactly right. Yeah, which so, I think, again, yeah. we, as we, as we continue to iterate on technology, we, of course, get innovative in how we create new jobs around it. But there is something interesting about the, we keep trying to make ourselves more and more comfortable. One thing I am curious mm-hmm. about is, if this is all feeding itself off of human activity, right, or things mm-hmm. that people have made, right? So even the computer vision, I guess you could source like nature or, um, you know, geological data. but a lot of it is about looking for consistency across things that humans have made, looking for mm-hmm. it, understanding what an object is or what an object should be. And if it isn't that, why isn't it that, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder that at a certain point, though, if we get to the point where we're not creating original work, potentially, mm-hmm. if we're not creating original work, what is it source? What, what is it source information from? Like, what is it? What what is it adding to the world, or do we plateau to the point where we don't actually have anything net new? It's just the mm-hmm. same things. Yeah, it's basically just regurgitating the data that AI, you know, across the world has been, yeah, you know, creating. But again, that data, right, <laughs> right. But even the data that it uses, you know, the, I guess uh, the training data. That's data yeah. inputted by humans. And so, um, yeah, that's while, an interesting thought. If, yeah, right. If we're not, but then you have to get, can it create its own original data? Yeah, I don't know. So what's interesting is I don't know the full story of this. I know Google. So so let's talk about Google for a second. And this, this episode will go a little bit longer, but let's talk about Google for a second. Because Google was like, oh, crap, you know. Nobody was thinking about Bing for the last five to 10 years. And then all of a sudden Bing right. buys, buys into chat GDP and they're all of a sudden relevant. Um, and Google went, crap, this could really undercut our main revenue driver search, right? So they, mm-hmm. they'd already been doing AI for, gosh, five, six years with Lambda and a bunch of other things that they're doing. That's, that's re- not Lambda. That's, uh, I might have that wrong. That's AWS. Doesn't matter. They were working on some stuff that was kind of scary. And actually, they kind of said, we're not going to put it out in the world. It's too advanced. Or at least Mm. that was the rumor. Then you had the guy last year that basically did like the whistleblower of it's sentient. I had a conversation with it. And it's like, now that you're afraid of dying, you're like, well, yeah, exactly. Um, And there is some interesting, something interesting about that. But, um, But what's interesting for me is that Google Google made a mistake in their advertisement. Yep. And come to find out ChatGDP makes mistakes all the time, but they made a mistake. Mm-hmm. They they talked about it as if it was fact and they their stock dropped 100 what was it, 100 billion or something. It was some massive number. Yeah, it was massive. Yeah. And just really disrupted them super fast and now they're turning around and saying, "Oh, yeah, of course we're coming out with something. Of course it's going to be more accurate, more secure, more safe uh, because of 
the the concerns around what's possible. But we've had things like Google Lens, which is computer vision. Uh, you can take a picture of anything, and it will go search the internet for that. Um, you've had things like the fact that Google's had computational um, learning models for a long time. That's how it mm -hmm. was, you know, feeding up results. Um, so I think that there's, you know, you have these big, big tech companies that are going, well, crap, this is, this is changing how we think about what we do. But then even traditional mm -hmm. organizations like, you know, energy, um, agriculture, agriculture is really interesting. I'm thinking about Zach up in yeah. Nebraska, one of our friends, big farmer, his tractor already pretty much drives itself, but now take yep. it to the next level where it can make even more granular decisions on seed yield or, um, you know, planting or watering or all these things that basically he just can kind of set it and forget it if, and just make sure it doesn't yeah. fall apart, but then a robot can fix it. I don't know. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you were to think, uh, if the, uh, the AI and maybe inside of a tractor knows it's this time of year. I know the precipitation. I'm going to go ahead and start harvesting. Yeah. Without even, you know, because it has all that data and it can make that decision. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go and, grab a beer. Rather, and so I, I got it. If harvest, instead of harvest lasting six weeks, maybe it's just uh, two because they're working around the clock because they don't need to sleep. Right. Um, which is super interesting. But yeah, I looked that up real quick. Yeah, Google, $100 billion of market cap. That's nuts. All, in, all, nuts. In, one, all mean, in one mistake. Yeah. But, but it also shows how disruptive this is, how the markets, mm -hmm. this, this is something that the market is responding to very, very fast. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. so, so maybe let's bring, for you and I, let's bring it back to Crema. Um, as we start thinking about you know, where are there opportunities for us to be either playing with it or being closer to it or using it or whatever? Um, quite transparently, you and I've used it for helping us create outlines and podcasts, but we don't use it for like the final script, but we use it as kind of like generating yeah. ideas. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's helpful. It's maybe called out a few mm -hmm. things where it's like, yeah, that's, that's what I would have said, but you just wrote it for me, you know? Um, right. We've used it. Um, oh, our holiday experience. So and this is more probably in the mm. entertainment space. But to paint a picture for the folks listening, we had, um, we'll probably create a YouTube video about this soon, but we had a, a really cool experience that our developers made that you walked up to an iPad, you put in a, a, a set of prompts for both image style. Um, they were all kind of Christmas or holiday themed. And it then produced an original piece of work. Um, to, I guess, original to the AI. Right. And then it would project right. it up onto a canvas, um, which was our photo booth. So you got to pretend like you had painted this, you know, AI generated thing. And then it would right. capture it and tell you what the description was that was used to make that thing. Uh, so I think that's a good example where you're starting to see it be entertainment, but that's definitely still mm -hmm. because it's in the novelty phase, right? Oh, we're still, it's a novel yeah. thing. At a certain point, that won't be that cool because they'll just be like, yeah, that's a given. I would love to walk up to a bar and be like, hey, I want a old fashioned with, you know, rye whiskey or something like that and just see like a mm -hmm. robot go, you know, exactly. Would you, you know, what can I, can I put a flourish in it? Yeah. Yeah. You can put a flourish in it. Let's see where you go and just see what it makes up, yeah. you know. Uh, so I think that those are some areas that we've seen it. And then we've had requests from clients to really start thinking about, mm -hmm. especially clients that have larger data sets. 
how to think about computer vision where we can we can right. see images of lots of things and make some decisions based off those images. But one thing that um, Michelle, one of our developers here, that's it's going to school for for artificial intelligence, machine learning, and artificial intelligence, she was sharing that really you have to have a large set of data. Oh yeah. And this just doesn't work unless you have a lot of data. So the natural language processing thing, it works because we got 15, 20 years worth of, um, of internet. And then right. all the books that have ever been made are online. Um, but when you have a company that's really wanting to take advantage of AI, which there's lots of companies that have been for a long time, this isn't new. Yep. But as we start thinking about how we apply it to our clients, it really is a requirement that they they have to be pulling in from a potential large set of data, or they start thinking about using a third party thing like ChatGTP to help mm -hmm. guide the process of what they would be doing with a consumer or a user. Right. Yeah. In order to, um, you you have to have a volume of data. So, for example, whether it's sales forecasting or predictive analytics or anything like, unless you have a large data set like you mentioned, it's just not going to bring yeah. back any sort of like uh, insightful data that you can actually make a decision on. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking about, we have a client right now that <clears throat> has a portfolio management platform and, and it'd be interesting since it is a, a fairly large set of data to, to think about how might he have a chat, a chat system pulled in that could go, tell me about this one asset. Right. Or mm -hmm. tell me about the assets that are performing the best. Why are they right. performing the best? Um, right. What should I change? What is true about all the other assets that are not performing? Is there a common data point? You know, and so you start yeah. to see these things that would take a lot of time, effort, and human resources to to actually be able to do a meaningful analysis of. But when mm -hmm. you hook up a, a a learning model to say, look at all this and make sense of it, then it becomes really interesting. Yeah, because at that point, it's not just presenting you data that you make a decision on. You're asking it, what decision should I make? Yeah. You know, and then, and then that, yeah, inform me. Help me make the decision. What would you do, OAI? <laughs> <laughs> Speak to me, OAI. <laughs> um, well, I'm excited for it. I think that... Yeah. I think at first I was a little nervous because it was like, oh man, this is happening really fast. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I've told you before, like if crema doesn't change or if we don't adapt fast enough, we'll be on our way to being irrelevant or obsolete. And then I turn around and what was really exciting is I'm, I'm trying out chat DTP and there's some controversy of whether or not, you know, the ethics of it are good or if the, the, the sourcing of it is good, et cetera, the biases that are right. But what was really cool was I found out that our developers had already used it to find a bug in the code. They had this bug that they couldn't figure out what was, what was causing it. They, they copied and pasted the code out, put it into ChatGPT. It was like, this is what I'm trying to do and here's the problem, can you find it? Totally found it and said, oh, and here's just a copy and paste to replace, copy and paste wow. it back in, worked, worked. Yep. Um, and that's where I go, we use it as a tool, right? Yep. It's, it is a piece of yep. technology um, and humans yep. will get creative on, on how to use it. Well, and with all technology, make make us more efficient, make us more effective, but also put up safeguards, have boundaries, yes, as well. Yeah, yeah. I I'm I'm curious. The next uh, 
the next 18 months, both because of the macroeconomic issues that will cause us to kind of pull back. A lot of tech companies are laying off right now. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of people being really creative within the constraints of what they yep. have access to and what they're doing. And so you start to see in those moments, all of a sudden people get, they start making stuff again. Oh yeah. And I feel like, I don't know. I mean, I think I told you maybe it was before last year. It was before the web three craze, but it was, it was kind of getting to the point where it was like, man, I just don't feel like we've seen anything that innovative in a while. Like, I don't feel like mm -hmm. anything's like really blowing our socks off here that this is like, whoa, I can't believe that happened. I mean, maybe some of the driver driverless vehicles, but oh, by the way, powered by yeah. AI. Um, right. But I think this, this is the first time I've been really excited about, okay, the industry is doing something right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree. Yep. It'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. Um, I know we're planning on continuing to experiment, tinker, try new things, continue to read, um, learn from those within our own organization that are really diving deep. Um, it'll be an interesting, like you said, yeah, 12 to 18 months on what happens. I can't wait to see what it is. What, what result? What? There, I can't there, wait there. to see. I can't <laughs> wait to see what results from it. It's going to be awesome. All right. Well, yeah. Dan, good chatting with you about artificial intelligence. I do believe you are who you say you are, but I'd really rather hang out in person and have a beer just to prove it. I agree. Until next time. People of Product is brought to you by Crema, a digital product agency. We believe creativity, technology, and culture can help individuals and organizations thrive. Learn more at crema.us.